Anyways, yeah. So no Packy this week, and that's kind of sad. But uh, you know, hopefully he'll he'll be here next week, and then we'll just have to have you back, Jacob, so that you know, Packy's here when you're here. He'll be stronger next week. Yeah. (laughs) First time caller, long time listener. (laughs) I don't think I don't think we've been around long enough. This is this is number nine. I don't think that that counts as being a long time listener, does it? I don't know. Hey, since the beginning, that counts for something. Re- yeah, relatively, relatively. Jacob, Zach, Danny, we got fans. We have we have fans. Oh, Danny actually listens. Oh, that's she does. She doesn't understand a lot, but she listens. She doesn't like the name change. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, I love the name change, but I guess it's because it's relevant to like past exactly. memories for me. Also, I, I totally forgot yeah. to mute myself on Audacity when I muted just then to cough. So you're going to have that experience a lot. I'll try to. I'll try okay. to be. No, don't, to honestly, RPS. don't worry about it at all. Like it's it's actually. I'd rather you not try and mute it because then you'll for, you'll forget to unmute it and then I just True. won't have audio. <laughs> and so like I'd rather just like, you know, balance out or, or you know, silence the coughs yeah, than it'll be okay. you know, deal with whatever. All of right? my like, bodily sounds just on the track. I like it. It's authentic. <laughs> if anything, I, I would recommend just like muting your overall mic. I, well, I don't know. I mean, so I have like a little button I can just press, right? And so that's what I'll normally do is I'll just press the button. Um, yeah, I need to get a better mic. Anyways. Right now, I'm just on some headphones. So, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyways, listeners, uh, we are joined by our friend Jacob, who, like he said, you know, like he he is familiar with Jetpack Swords. He he knows the background, the lore, our glorious our glorious podcast name, and you know, we we've only this is only our second guest, but I'm gonna try and do the uh, you know. The guest is on. I want to let them steer the conversation. So, Jacob, what do you want to talk about? Well, first, first, I have to say, you know, the name change made me very happy when I was listening because it, it does elicit a lot of good memories of Halo. And mm-hmm. I often mm-hmm. like reminisce with, with James because I think Halo Reach is like the golden age of like playing Xbox the, Live yeah, with the, the homies. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. And like, I have a very funny memory, Greg, specifically of you. <laughs> I remember like it was it was like after school one day, you know, like maybe like a Thursday night, some random day, and I joined an Xbox Live party that had like you and James and a couple other people. Um and you were like, Oh, you guys gotta check out this map that I made. It's really, really cool. It's it's really interesting, it's really cool. Like, let's try out this custom game mode. And I was like, Oh hell yeah, like let's do it. And so we we loaded up and then, you know, the first thing I see we spawn in, like none of us have like weapons. We're all just like standing in a clump and I'm like, wait, what is this? What is this? And I look up and you're just like on a floating platform okay. above us. <laughs> okay, so actually, this is this is a common misconception. I think James or Packy said this too. That's actually not my map. That's actually Max's. Okay. That is a that is oh. a Max. <laughs> hey, you spread um, it to the rest of us though, so you're you're complicit. That, well, that, that might be true. That very well might be true. Because um, I distinctly remember you know, that. That's also. a max map. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that I mean, was the he, he, uh, hoop map was. And uh, that's, yes, you know, exactly. Yeah. It was. It, I think he explicitly referred to it as a poop map. Or <laughs> yes, I, was there was there is some background that I can't remember, and we'll, we'll have to have Max on again and see if he remembers this and what he <laughs> actually called the map. Because you know, it was literally just like it was everything. It was like rocket launchers, fuel rod cannon, like the the, right. the grenade launcher, right? Like it was just you just <laughs> sit there and you're just getting obliterated. <laughs> uh, and I, I miss that like that that experience. I think like you know, it, it's it's natural when you grow up and you get older and everybody starts working and you know doing all the different things that you do in life. It, yeah. 
it makes sense that you know that kind of like big just massive friends playing together is like less common but that's probably one of the things that i look back on most fondly so agreed so yeah to, well, so to if, if back, you like, uh if you have been listening maybe you'll remember i'm pretty sure at one point we talked about yeah like when was the last time you actually did like a big coordinated gaming night with the homies actually not even not even coordinated just a big gaming night with the homies as you said right like you know obviously like you're playing wrath you know wrath uh yes. wow classic oh, yeah. wrath of oh, Lush King, yeah. right are you raiding in there i so i have not had time to really dig in and the problem for me with wrath classic is i'm on like one of the most heavily populated servers so i still have the server queue like every oh. time that i want to try to log on <laughs> and so it's like a double-edged sword though because i know you know the classic population like it, it's pretty high but i know obviously it's not gonna like stay as high as it is now at the beginning yeah. of the expansion yeah. so for me it's like a double-edged sword because i don't want to pay for or you know use the free server transfer transfer to like a lower pop server so i can play and then i have to pay to come back to the server that i actually like yeah because you don't want to be on the low pop server you want to be online honestly like the the middle ground of like it's really populated but you don't have queues to log in is like that's that's obviously like the golden yeah uh the golden point uh but so are do you plan on raiding in wrath classic i would like to i i planned on doing it in tbc and then i i didn't like at all i did a little bit like i did uh did some of the like early raids and so i'd like to do it in wrath but I'm definitely taking my time, mostly because I, you know, I haven't had as much time to play recently, and also just because of the queue. So whenever I can get in there, I do a little bit of leveling here and there. So I'm I'm slowly working my way up, but if I can get up there in time, and you know, I still have a couple of friends like you played, and I have a couple of other friends that played as well. So if I can, well, so I haven't, I haven't I played up, classic actually. I haven't played any of the classics. Oh, really? Um, I had no interest in vanilla or the Burning Crusade because. Those games are old, and I genuinely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I loved it, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, when I played Vanilla for the first time, and when it came out, and I think that was middle school for us, like, oh my god, I love that game. I am fairly confident if I had played Vanilla today, I would have absolutely <laughs> despised it, though, because I think it is just an old game that probably has oh, yeah. a lot of rough edges. It is, and um, like... You know, funny, like, as a sidebar of this, this is kind of funny. I don't know if you know this, Greg, because we haven't talked about this, like, maybe ever since it happened, but you were actually the person that got me into World of Warcraft. Uh, I we got at, like, so a... many people into WoW, so that's not surprising. <laughs> we were a long at, like, time ago. birthday party, uh, and, you know, we were doing, like, playing, like, Rock Band, doing all this stuff, and then you, like, logged into your character on the computer in this basement, and you were like, dude, look at this, and you just showed it to me, and it was like, <laughs> it was like an eye-opening moment, you know, I could hear, like, the oh, like, holy oh sound. Oh my and, god! That's amazing. Like, very shortly after that, I downloaded it, and then, you know, the addiction began, and here we are today, so. I mean, same uh, with Packy. So yeah, I got Packy into it very similarly, right? Like, it's, uh, god, would that have been... That might have been middle school. Actually, that almost certainly would have been middle school, it right? It definitely Cause... was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we went sure. to different high schools. I want to say, yeah, so. say we were in seventh grade. So I think at the time, I actually didn't play like original, original with Vanilla WoW because I jumped it on the train, I think, in the TBC Crusade. at that point. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
No, dude, yeah, that's, so, that's amazing. I didn't know that actually. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, so amazing. Like I have you to thank for this recurrent addiction. You know, it's like my relationship with that game is interesting because even outside of classic, like I feel like, you know, I'll just go through a phase where I have no interest of ever touching it at all. And I'm comfortable with it being just this, you know, pleasant thing in my memory. And then, you know, something will come out like a new expansion or something. And I'm just like right back in there. The addiction is yeah, strong. So then, so, so then my follow-up, obviously, is are you going to play retail when Dragonflight comes out? Um, and then the, the, the then follow-up that's the tieback is, so aside <laughs> from wait, rating and WoW, like, yeah, when was the last time you did, like, a big group, act, like, gaming activity? You know, like the good old days of yeah. Jetpack Swords, right? So, okay, so I'll say... To your first question, I am cautiously waiting to see how Dragonflight is when it comes out. I would love to go back and play it because, you know, retail is where I have my character that I've had since, you know, 2007 or whatever. So that's that's sort of like a special thing to me. I always like, you know, progressing that and diving in with that character. But I uh, I didn't really play Shadowlands like at all. Like I, I probably put in like three hours of it and then I got like way off and I uh, just didn't have time to play it. And then by the time I had time again, you know, the, the kind of like community reception had really soured a lot. So I kind of just was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just play classic instead. So yeah, the, be- the beginning play- was excellent. I mean, to be fair, everyone loves the beginning of every WoW expansion. Right. I don't remember anyone complaining about the first two weeks of a WoW expansion ever. <laughs> it's right. always, like it's always after the good. first month is when the bitching starts. Exactly. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think I'll probably try it out and just see how it goes. Cause like you said, like I'll at least enjoy the leveling experience, you know, whatever. And then we'll just see how it goes from there. Like I'm hopeful. I would like the game to be good, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think my faith in that is like, uh, not as high as it has been in the past. So uh, I'm looking to be pleasantly surprised, but I'm, yeah. I have no faith past the first two weeks. So I, <laughs> but that first two weeks, actually, no, 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 I'll, I'll extend that. I have no faith past the first two months, but I guarantee those first two months are going to be so much fun for me. I'm, I'm right. very excited. Yeah. yeah, totally. So to answer your other question about, you know, when was the last time you know, had a big gaming night? I think James can probably corroborate this. You know, we have like, we have like medium sized ones here and there where we play like, you know, some of our favorites, like Phasmophobia, that's a big one. Oh, yeah. We can usually oh. grab a couple of friends. Phasma's so good. Or, you know, sometimes we'll grab some friends and get into, like, random stuff. Like, we went through a Deep Rock Galactic phase. We went through a, nice, a yeah. Vermintide 2 phase. Like, you know, stuff like that. But the last time we really had, like, a big group of people playing stuff together like six, was... Like, a six minimum, I would say. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. That was Valheim for us, I think. Yep, like, that was what I said really the other the other day when we were talking about this. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, I said it's a, it's been it's server. hard. It's 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 hard. Like everything everything you said earlier. Yeah, it's hard for all those reasons. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, tell me about Valheim. No, no, you're good. No, yeah, no. I we set up a server on AWS, just like a nice little little cloud nice. server, and you know, dove in like one night on a whim, and then it just like absorbed everyone for like yeah. probably like a month and a half. And honestly, James <laughs> and I. James and I were the least absorbed. You know, we had a lot of other stuff going on at the time, but some of the other people we were playing with, like, like oh, yeah. straight up. No, like, like, Jordy no has like 70 some or maybe 100 some hours, and most of it's from that, that like month that we were playing. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was the most fun part. Like, I, I love the game. I think it's a great game. And like, sometimes I've played it solo, but I don't think anything matches the like experience of just like having all the boys together and like, 
just going through that, you know, like addictive phase where everybody wants to be online and play it. And it, it's kind of one of those like emergent things, which it kind of reminded me of WoW in that way. So, yeah, no, that's nice. The uh, the server, I, I've got to ask, obviously, because, you know, obviously we, we're both software engineers, right? And so, you know, you, you say AWS, and so it always get, gets me curious. And for those who don't know, AWS is Amazon Web Services. It's just their, like, cloud platform stuff that, yeah. you know, most software these days is built on public clouds, whether that be Amazon, Microsoft, or, or Google. So did you just, like, spin up, a, like, a normal VM in EC2 and, like, run Valheim on it? 24 7 yeah or like did they have some like better way to do it or did you literally yeah just raw vm in the cloud yeah i kind of yeah i mean i i found a nice little like guide around the time that somebody had like kind of gone through the steps so i wasn't like you know completely just hashing it together myself but yeah it was just like a ubuntu uh, ec2 instance and i basically just like set it up to be running 24 7 because and, you know, and that was the right choice, too, because, you know, like I said, people were literally on at 24-7. There was one guy that yeah. uh, almost almost lost his job and his girlfriend <laughs> because oh my of his God. emergent addiction to the game. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Which, uh, I, did, you, like, did you get a chance to listen to the one where Max talked about ARC? <laughs> I did not oh, yet, goodness. but James told me about it. And it is I, like, that just, one is good and genuinely worth the lesson to, especially if you're yeah. talking about like almost losing a job at a yeah, for sure. over Valheim. You should go listen to Max talk about <laughs> Ark. <laughs> yeah, Ark is like you know James has kept me apprised of like some of our friends that play Ark and and you know it's like something that I've never like really super delved into, but I can see why it's the kind of thing mm-hmm. that you know, people get like super, super into people love it. You know, I mean, like the only, you know, we like kind of start this off with like current events, which, oh, by the way, I don't think I ever like necessarily intro the show. Um, Hello, everyone. This is Jetpack Swords, <laughs> a casual gaming podcast where we talk about games, gaming or whatever else catches our attention. My name is Greg. I'm the host and I'm joined by, as always, James, my co-host. Hello. And then this week we have our wonderful friend Jacob as our guest. Um, Hello, anyways, yeah, exactly. Jacob's great. I'm super happy to have him here, and hopefully he'll return in the future. And obviously, we were talking about a past episode where we had our friend Max on as well. And um, I was going to say, you know, a lot of times we'll start with current events, and like, there's, there's, there actually hasn't been that much interesting. The only like no, kind really. of random thing that I saw is uh, uh, the the numbers for how much Sony and Microsoft paid to get Arc oh, on yeah, their various Arc. services. Man. Yeah, was was it like three and a half million dollars oh, to get was Ark a as a PlayStation Plus title? Oh yeah. Like, holy shit! It people love this game. Like, people adore this. I mean, it's fucking dinosaurs. Like, I mean, <laughs> right, right. I, I get it. Like, but it's so it's just yeah. I you know I don't really we're not going to talk about quote unquote current events or whatever. I just because we were already vaguely thought I just thought that was crazy three and a half million dollars for a PlayStation Plus title, which like. You know, I think actually isn't real. I think that's on the high end of those things, right? Like, I know there's some documents out there about, like, how much Epic pays for the free games on, you know, Epic Game Store. And I'm sure some of those were, yeah, like, in the multiple millions of dollars. But still, I don't know. I just, yeah, people fucking love ARK is what I think what I was saying. Um, Yeah, I I think. In regards to the. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, No, you go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I, I I still love the custom server thing. You know, like, we talked about this a little before. Like, I 
it makes it so nice, right? Like Minecraft has realms, which is just like exactly what you did, but managed essentially. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's kind of expensive and it feels like for what it is. And then like, that's why I feel like, you know, Packy and I have been playing grounded and James joined us for, you know, like an hour or two the other day. Um, and grounded strikes that nice middle ground of like, you have a shared save file uh, where it's not like the server's not always running all the time or whatever. Right. But like, you know, you can you can get on and if no one's playing you just load the shared save file you know and so it's kind of like that nice middle ground anyways you're yeah, i kind of wish that middle ground existed more you know because that, that's something that i've for always sure. like, I want for everything it. You know, to now, do it yeah yeah you know now that i have like the the technical know-how to throw together servers for stuff it's not as much of a barrier but like at the same time having some sort of solution like that that's you know, not as costly where you can just like spin up the game and, and just dive right in and, and have the world just spin up when someone's in it like that. That seems like the best way to do it. So I haven't mm-hmm. actually tried grounded out yet. James has been trying to get me on it. So I'll probably download it probably after this podcast tonight. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's really cool. Do you remember how much that uh, like Valheim server costed you, cost you in AWS? Like I imagine it was probably very, very cheap because like, don't they have free tiers obviously? And so like, most of it was probably free and then like probably only had a like a couple hours of billing would be my guess but i don't know yeah i think i can't remember the exact cost numbers i think i did spring for a slightly more robust instance just because uh like when we were first spinning it up like valheim was not very optimized at all so we kind of noticed that uh, without enough like hardware behind it it was a little bit a little jankier so Mm -hmm. i just gave it like a little bit more cushion yeah a little more power on the server but I think the game has like been optimized a good bit since then. So it we runs, really like, yeah, real smooth as yeah. me and Jordy have been playing lately. So, which I, I have tried it out on my Steam Deck recently. So that's oh, cool. But yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. Are you playing? I forget. So Blizzard, oh shit. They so they have Mac OS clients for a fair number of things. Do they have Linux clients for their games? Like, can you play Wrath Classic on your Steam Deck? So you can play Wrath Classic on your Steam Deck, but it is not like a easy like official way to do it i think uh, i can't remember the steps i haven't done it yet i've looked it up uh, just like kind of cursorily but um there's a way to do it but it's not like a just easy official like linux install i think you gotta I gotcha. like well because that, yeah, that was obviously like, i was pretty sure you're you're using steam os on it right like you haven't put windows on yeah. it or anything right no yeah, yeah not at all just use the steam os and then uh like boot to the linux desktop sometimes when i want to do you know like file management stuff or like i have uh a bunch of emulators set up on it right now, which is pretty cool. Um, one of my favorite things oh, yeah. about it so far is just like how easy it is to plug up all the emulators. And Steam does a lot to make that easy too. Like they have a lot of good support for that nowadays. But um, so like, I'll, you know, I'll boot to the Linux version of the machine to get all that stuff set up. But really out of the box, the Steam OS is super, super nice. Like it is a really, really smooth and responsive machine. So I've been super happy with it so far. I've been, I basically... I've had very little time to play games recently, but I've been playing on my Steam Deck quite a bit when I do have time. I'm not surprised. I'm curious. You know, I was playing something on my Switch recently, and I was playing in handheld, and I just... I we, we're, we're big guys, Jacob. The, the Switch, yeah. it doesn't do it for me. How, how does the Steam Deck feel like the just like the physical hardware of the it, physical, like okay. the ergonomics of it compared to like the Switch? Well, so yeah, I actually, so I, I did a kind of comparison the other day because I've, I've been playing my Steam Deck a lot, haven't touched my Switch in a while. Uh, and so I went and picked up my Switch to move it or something like that. And I was like, oh man, this thing is super light. So in a way, I think 
they, there's like a trade-off there where like it's nice sometimes to have the switch because it's like it is more portable you know it's a super light little thing that you can just like you know toss in your bag and you're good to go mm, i think yeah. the steam deck is is it's heftier it's bigger so it it definitely you know kind of calls for more care but in terms of just like how it feels in your hands it's really good like like you said like i'm a big guy i got big hands like it fits my hands better it definitely was a bit of an adjustment getting used to the layout of the controls at first because you know it's got like yeah the, all the buttons the are at the top right or something is what it yeah, is yeah like like all the buttons are right at the top and then it's got the analog sticks on either side and then underneath the analog sticks it has two track pads so yeah you know depending on how you're playing with your controller layout it's it's like a bit of an adjustment i feel like it, the first couple of days it felt a little weird, but you know, it's, it's gotten a lot better since then, but you know, it, it's just cool. Cause it's like, it's very substantial. It's got a big wide screen and it's got so many options for like controller accessibility. I think that that's my, like one of my favorite parts of it so far is just, you know, you can basically on a per yeah, game basis, Steam like very easily has just, so much config that you can, you can change for yeah. controllers. Right. So yeah. 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 It's got like, what, what, know, uh, what spec buttons, did you get? What the, model did you get? I went for the biggest storage. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and get it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to get something less and then regret that I don't have enough storage. So I just went for it. Um, yeah, the so base one is so small. So I feel like if you do that, you have to, you have to replace it. If you get the base size storage, yeah. I feel like you or have, you have to, to get like, like a, a really s- big, like SD card or something. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah sure. and I didn't want to like open it up and replace any drives or anything, you know, cause I, I, I'm not super confident in my ability with the hardware aspect of it. So, Rather than just bricking it, I was like, you know what, I'll just, I'll pay a little extra. Yeah, no, I, I, get the nice one. I, I quote unquote built my last computer or no, or a computer at some point in time. But, um, my current one, I just bought a laptop because you know what? Fuck that. I, it's, everyone's like, it's just Legos. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like really expensive Legos that when you fuck it up, you fuck it up. <laughs> right. And like, like, I, I don't know. It's, I, I get frustrated when people online oversimplify. I mean, it is it is pretty simple. It's not super complicated, right? But like, I, I don't know. If people don't feel comfortable taking apart hardware and replacing the solid state drive or, you know, building their yeah, computer yeah. from scratch or whatever, like, I think that's perfectly fine, right? Like, oh, totally. I don't think people should feel pressured to, yeah, like replace your solid state drive on your Steam Deck or build your own computer or any of that shit. Like, no, do do what makes you comfortable. It's it's your money and it's, it's a lot of money a lot of times, right? So like, you know, spend it yeah. how, how you feel is best. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, James, James knows too. Like, the I think the trade-off, he and I have talked about this before, like the trade-off in my mind with that kind of thing is like, you know, yes, you can get a better deal if you, you know, source parts yourself and you put stuff together. But then the trade-off is like, if you mess something up, you break something like that's just on you. And that's, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's that. Whereas like, you yeah. know, if you, you buy it from someone who built it, like, you know, something breaks, you can say, hey, you know, I have a warranty. Please fix this. I so, mean, yeah. I personally went I mean, through what... that. I not to interrupt. Sorry. But like, I have a no, Dell XPS pre-bought, like a pre-built and... It was fine for the first few months, and then, uh, I don't know, around maybe like late-ish, like maybe around this time last year, give or take, maybe a little bit before that, um, it would hard crash, like, just randomly, and for a while, Jacob and I thought it was like a DirectX issue or something, because that's what it seemed to be consistent. Like, anything that wasn't using one of the, like, more recent versions of DirectX seemed to be fine, it wasn't causing the crashes, and anything that was using more recent version, you know, was freaking out. 
Um, but luckily, like I finally caved and was under warranty, so I finally just reached out to Dell, and they had to do like multiple remote <laughs> tech <laughs> review sessions to figure it out, and they finally did. And if, of course, it was like the dumb. It was just a driver issue. It was a driver that, for some reason, oh, the built-in God. systems didn't like pick up when it would do like the you know scan the internet or whatever for like new drivers it just wasn't doing it and the guy like finally figured it out and it like took him a while so it's not like i'm a complete idiot but like i'm glad that i had the warranty where yeah i had to pay a little extra for them to do like the full remote review of everything but it i mean the computer works now so and i know how to like potentially fix it in the future if it does something similar so you you are describing why consoles exist. Oh, I right? love like, consoles because yeah, they just sure. work. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> you, Jacob yeah, knows you, you, I have yeah. the worst luck with technology, and I literally have since he and I have been friends, which is basically as long as I've known you also, Greg. And yeah. consoles just work and like 90% yeah, of the you just, You plug it in, you turn it on, gaming, and you're good to go. Like, oh, I love PC gaming, but I cannot totally. deal with the wiggle room for problems to happen. It makes me so mad. Oh, yeah. I do too. Absolutely. Like, and that's why it's like, I, I love PC gaming, you know, and you know, I don't play as much on my PC as I do now, but obviously I'm going to play Dragonflight as we talked about. Right. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, no, like I appreciate it all. Right. Like I appreciate what, you know, PC gaming has to offer, whether it be like, you know, I do everything, something like this theme deck, steam Mm -hmm. deck, or just the simplicity of, I, I bought a box, I plugged in the cable and it just works. Good to go. I know. That's the end of the story. Right. Like agreed, which like, yeah, totally. all this is all this is kind of interesting because like or I, i'm curious on your thoughts on your all's thoughts on something then because so like i just bought a um half terabyte storage expansion card for my series x uh-huh. and then i think like prime day is going on today and um you know i think i saw something i was like oh you know here's this solid state drive and it's got the heat sink on it or whatever and so like someone was like this is literally half the cost of the equivalent Series X storage card. <laughs> and, and so it's just like, ah, oh, I like on one hand, I so like I which let me let me get this actually. Let, let me get the Series X storage card because I don't know if you've seen it, but like this thing is fucking sleek. Let me let me grab it. Running. <laughs> Look at this thing. It's it's just it's and beautiful. You said, is that, you said it's 500 gigs? uh yeah this this one's 500 gigs this is half a terabyte Dang. um it's yeah, just it's, like it's just so, yeah it's it's beautiful and it's, you just you just plug it in right like it's it's what we were talking about right you just buy the thing you plug it in and it just fucking works right and so on one hand i'm like damn this is amazing and then on the other hand i'm like damn i can unscrew a screw on the front plate of my ps5 and you know put in a solid state drive <laughs> and save fucking a hundred dollars right like <laughs> uh, why isn't there not a better middle ground of like i don't want to unscrew something on my ps5 but i also don't want to pay twice the fucking price for this proprietary storage card which is super sleek like i mm-hmm. opened it and i was just like god damn this looks great and it does but like yeah yeah uh, it's why like is there a, not a middle ground like, it sort of reminds me of like you know the apple products trade-off where it's like yeah you pay a lot more for an apple product but then when you open it up you know just every bit of the experience is very sleek and like, really user is. friendly and like mm-hmm. you know it just looks good and it works out of the box and like yeah sometimes i wish there was a much better like middle ground for that because like you know for yeah. for the 
for the kind of work that I do and, you know, doing like web development stuff, you know, that's something that I think about a lot because I work on a Mac and it's like the Mac just makes a lot of that work a lot easier. But, you know, I could could also get a nice like Linux computer and do a lot more legwork to get it set up and probably spend a lot less. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've become much more aware of that as I've gotten older, I think. Yeah, no, there's there's like I'll, I'll definitely pay a premium for stuff to just work. Right. Like, and yeah. I think that that comparison you made is, is a really good comparison, obviously. Right. Like it's not necessarily the phone by itself. Right. That, you know, you get the phone, you set it up and it just kind of works. It's it's then like, you know, then you get your headphones, you know, your AirPods. And in that case, the, the AirPods are like the equivalent of, you know, the storage card. And you just open the case and you hold it near the phone and you're done and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you could, yeah, you know, exactly. go yeah. to Bluetooth settings and then find the thing and like enable pairing on the headset and then click the thing. And it's like, yeah, that works. Right. And I mean, obviously, this is a gross oversimplification of, you know, oh, I click through a couple menus versus I unscrew a faceplate on my PS5. But <laughs> the, the point still stands, though, of like there's a lot of value in I open something and it just works. And it's it's really great compared to, you know, having to do a little bit more yourself, even I'll if you almost always pay for that trade off. I. <laughs> I love technology, but I cannot deal with it. <laughs> Which, to be fair, to be fair to James, like he said, like he has. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it I've is. I yeah. and I'm not like one of those people that like refuses to update like things regularly or like check for drivers. I'm always cleaning dust out of stuff. Like I take care of my things. <laughs> Jacob's lived with me. He knows. J- Greg, you almost yeah. oh, lived yeah. with me basically in the dorms. Like. We were in each other's rooms pretty often. I take yeah. care of my things, and I always have, no, and they still sure. do not work. Yeah, it's like he has like a, a field, like an electromagnetic field or something. I don't, do. I don't know. I've it's not even a joke. A I mean, there was a joke that uh, at one point it was that Susie eats the Wi-Fi, and, and yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> she also occasionally will have like, <laughs> you know like we were talking about oh stuff just working but then you know i'll give Susie my phone and she'll just like run into a bug like right off the bat and i'm like <laughs> dude li- literally how i'm just like how did you run into this like two seconds after me giving it to you like it's just ridiculous so she she, she must also be cursed you must share the curse with her no it's <laughs> who knows i had the curse for a little while the last place that i lived for whatever reason the wi-fi there was just oh yeah nothing i did nothing i did could make it work and i think like you know, to tie it back to what you were saying, like that, to me, that's like, that is the kind of thing that I never expected when I was like younger. Cause you know, like the first time I was able to afford it myself, I bought all the parts, put together a PC and I was like totally on the boat of, you know, oh, I've built this custom thing. Like I did it myself. Yeah, exactly. It's way cooler mm-hmm. than the console. Like, all right. And it's so funny now because I, I think I trend more towards, you know, like you said, like stuff that you just open up and it works. Like, because I think, my time has become more precious now. It's like a flip flop thing, right? Like when you get older, it's like when you're yeah. young, like you don't have like any money, like no expendable income, but you have like all the time in the world. And then you get older, you get expendable income, but you lose that time. And so it's like, I never thought about that, but I, I've definitely like been aware of it happening. Like me becoming so much more focused on like, just like the ease of use and maximizing time and stuff like that. And so it's like that kind of thing. And then, you know, just, the stuff that frustrates me now is not not anything crazy it's just like technical stuff like if my wi-fi is just like killing my ability to like you know play with james or like other friends yeah, and stuff yeah. on the you know few times i can do it it's just like that's the stuff that drives me crazy now 
Well, and that's why I think, you know, you know, going back to the Steam Deck, obviously, right? Like the Steam Deck is trying to bridge that gap between yeah. a PC and a console, yeah, yeah. right? Like, and that's why, like, you know, if I if I got a Steam Deck, I would probably put in the little bit amount of work to put Windows on it for the sole true, purpose true. of I would like to take advantage of PC Game Pass, mm-hmm. right? That's the yeah, only yeah. reason I would put in that that much amount of work. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like I totally understand why someone would buy it and just use Steam OS because Steam OS, from what I can right. tell, is just like it's pretty good in it. Yeah, most of the, it just works most of the time, right? Like it, it really is bridging that gap of like making the normal traditional PC experience more like a console in terms of just like you buy the thing, you turn it on, and you're good to go, right? Like, and so yeah, it's yeah, really to, great to that point. Like, I, I think like Valve when they when they built the console, like they. They had that in mind, I think, you know, the things we've been talking about, because, you know, now that we're talking about, I'm kind of thinking about just the experience of using it. And, you know, when you boot it up and you go right into the Steam OS and you see your library and stuff, they have a very cool version of the store in the library for the Steam Deck that shows you exactly like, you know, if something is, there's like a spectrum. It's like, is this thing, is this game great on Steam Deck? Like, is, does it fully work? Oh, yeah, yeah. Does it scale super well? If it does, it gets like a green check. If it you know, mostly works, but there's some stuff that you might have to deal with, like configure, it gets like a yellow. And then if it is not, you know, proven to work at all, it might still work if you do some external stuff, you know, to get it working. But like, in terms of just like ease of use, they won't rate it that. And so even if you don't, like you said, even if you just use TeamOS, like that idea is baked into it. It's like, here's a spectrum of, you know, here are the games that are super easy. Here are the games that are kind of easy. Here are the games that are like good luck if you try to get it to work. And I think that's yeah. like super cool. And it, it you know it just makes it so much easier to use it. Well, it's and it's it's nice and it's nice that they can do that because obviously it's the standard console thing of like this is the hardware we know the hardware right like we know if we can, yeah. we can figure out you know and I I noticed this the other day I was in. Um, the Xbox app on my PC installing something. I don't remember what. Um, and yeah, I noticed this little thing. It's kind of similar to what you were talking about. Um, just like if you go to a game in the Xbox app on your PC, it'll have like a should play great on this PC thing. Or I'm sure it'll have a, oh, this won't play great on this PC thing, right? right. Um, but then like some games it'll have like, oh, performance check not available yet. And so it's just kind of interesting because yeah, like that, sub or tooltip or whatever is like oh we compare this game's performance on pc similar to yours um and so i really appreciate that that like you know they're trying to even though it's not you know even though it's not a single piece of hardware and you have the broad variety of you know pc hardware they're still trying to like give you a good idea in the store of is this going to play well or like should i just not even bother installing it yeah totally i I like that too because you know sometimes like Sometimes I have the free time or like the will to, you know, sit around and, and do some crazy like behind the scenes stuff to configure something to work. And I've done that for a couple of Steam Deck things, but you know, a lot of times like if I'm gonna yeah, play you're it, saying it's just you like, set up you know, emulators on it, right? Like I imagine yeah, right, some right. of the emulator stuff was not obviously go steam click button, right? Well, you know, you say that, but the emulator setup actually actually on the Steam Deck is incredibly easy only because I use this really cool tool called uh emudeck like you can i think it's just emudeck.com and it's like it is just an entire like completely put together package of just like retroarch and all the emulators you could want and it's like super super user-friendly so you just like basically click and download and it's good to go now i have done like 
uh, a bit more work to get like certain games working and things like that. But but yeah, like that that whole experience, like it's just it's it's cool to have the range of options rather than just being stuck in like the camp of you know doing everything custom, the you know the traditional like old school PC gaming setup kind of stuff versus like just the you know console where you don't have as many options like it's cool to have that middle ground and like you said like it's on the xbox now like it's cool that it's kind of that kind of thinking is ubiquitous like i know james and i have talked a lot about you know one thing that we think about a lot in modern games is like does this game respect my time Mm. as a person oh yeah that's like a big yeah right that's like a big a big factor and like if you stick with the game enjoy it and so it's cool to see that like coming through to the hardware side as well well, and, I, and I'm going to get some flack for saying this, um, and I've said this before, and I got some flack from, I think, Max <laughs> or something. Um, that's why I don't, that's one of the, exactly what you said, does the game respect your time? Um, that's one of the reasons I, I don't I don't play Dark Souls games, is because I think a game that doesn't have a difficulty <laughs> setting, and it's it's not only that it doesn't have a difficulty setting, it's that it doesn't have a difficulty setting, it was intentionally made very, very difficult, and then the, the the icing on the cake is you lose progress when you die. It's all three of those together, right? Like if it was two of the three, if yeah, it was yeah. really, really hard um, and you can't make it easier, but you don't lose progress, then like, okay, sure, right? It's, or uh... if you lose progress, but you can change the difficulty so it's easier, then like, okay, yeah, fine. It's just the, the all of them together, I'm just like, I don't I know. I, I don't feel like those games are respectful of my that's time. That's why Fallen Order is such a good... Yeah, a version that of that because it has the difficulties. It still has the difficulty, and then it lets, doesn't like you don't lose a ton of progress when you like you know lose a boss fight or something. Um, that's yeah. also why I like Elden Ring so much because I never feel like I'm stuck, and I never really felt like my time was wasted because you can always go do something else and like power up if you need to. And I will, as someone who is not good at any of the FromSoft Souls games, um, <laughs> I adore Elden Ring. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I think Elden Ring, like, definitely, out of all the From catalog games, like, Elden Ring is the one that is most respectful of that kind of stuff. And I think, like, that's something that they've learned. Yeah. Like, you can see that if you just, like, look at their whole catalog. You can see the ways that they've learned to, like, at least in my perception of it, like, balance that that difficulty in in, uh, presenting the kind of game that they want to present, but also, like, making things a little bit more convenient for users. Like, they've learned a lot more about walking the tightrope. Exactly. And I appreciate exactly what you said of like, I mean, obviously they have this artistic vision and this is the game they want to make. And this is the thing that they want to, you know, how they want to portray it. And obviously lots of people love it and it's great. And I'm really glad that those people have that game that, you know, they, they like. But yeah, no, I mean, those just, <laughs> right. they're just not for me because, yeah, exa- I don't know, exactly like you said, like, it's just, it feels like it doesn't respect my time. Um, and, and I don't know, like... Obviously, I play lots of other garbage games, but I feel like a lot of the other garbage games I play, though, it's like most of those are the type of game where it's game to game, right? So, like, you know, whether that be, I don't fucking know, like Halo or Call of Duty or any of these things. And, yeah, you could argue that, like, oh, well, Halo doesn't respect your time because there's no meaningful form of progression. Well, I mean, my counter argument there would be that like Halo only asks for 10 minutes of me at a time and that's it. Right, right. It's a 10 minute chunk. And if I don't have fun in that 10 minute chunk, then I don't play another 10 minute chunk. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. Right. Like 
and I didn't lose anything, you know, for doing that and, and all this. And so, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of the difference there for me. Because I do play a lot of garbage games that a lot of people would be <laughs> like, dude, those things do not respect your time. And I feel like to me, it comes back to, yeah, the reason I, I'm okay with it is because it is that, like, you play it one game at a time, right? Like, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not some, like, overarching game where you have some, like, pseudo obligation to beat it or whatever. It's, it is a 10-minute commitment, and that is it. Right. And so, yeah. you know, that's yeah. it. Whereas like if you get halfway through some other game, then you could argue that like you just eh, not wasted that time you've already spent. Right. But it is unsatisfying to not complete that journey, uh, which is why yeah. I feel like that's where the difference comes into me. I don't know. Um, I know like I, I said, I I've had this discussion I, I, before and I think I think lots of people disagree with me, but that's OK. <laughs> Well, I mean, so I, I do think like I'm a bit of an outlier from that perspective on FromSoft games, but I think for me, like I, I definitely think you're right about that, like the design and stuff, and like you know losing progress and things like that. For me, like I'm just a glutton for punishment. Like I love a really hard games, so like to me, like for me, that's not disrespectful of my time, at least for what I want to get out of it, because like that whole say, exactly and like stuff, if that's what you're if that's what yeah. you're looking for, you're really looking for that challenge. Then like exactly, and like that's why I, it's not like I want necessarily you know them to go out of difficulty setting to dark souls sure. or whatever like i think it's perfectly fine for them to keep making that game for that genre of people i just right yeah i think there's plenty of people that, that it's not for them and that's a-okay because then you know uh fucking respawn's gonna go make fallen order 2 and it's gonna be <laughs> yeah, really exactly. fucking good exactly like, fallen order yeah. 2 is gonna be fucking phenomenal <laughs> but like yeah no like like you said like halo and stuff like i i definitely th- like I would never say that something like that doesn't respect your time just because there's not progression stuff. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, if you flash back like, I don't know, 15 years or maybe a little less, whatever, like to the early days of like multiplayer and stuff, when there was no concept of like, you know, multiplayer, like cosmetic progression and things like that. And it was just you playing the well, game. Well, a lot like, of times it was just a number. Yeah. Like the progression would be a yeah, number. Exactly. It would literally just be like, just oh, level. I'm ranked yeah. 100 or whatever, right? Like, yeah. And, and, and obviously it doesn't like, have that, but yeah. Yeah, and you would never say like, "Oh, this game is you know I'm wasting my time playing because it was just the joy of playing it." So yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, for me, the things that disrespect my time the most, or or feel like they disrespect my time the most, the things that I kind of like feel that way the most when I'm playing are things like live service games that feel like they're padding out the content or adding in like a lot of FOMO, like fear of missing out stuff. Where it's like if you're not in there grinding it out, like at least three hours a day every day of the week like you are not going to get all the stuff like you're going to be behind the meta like things like that you know that's where like i feel like i'm like man this game doesn't respect my time it's just trying to monopolize my time completely and it's, that, that yeah, just, like, monopolize your time yeah no i think i think that's really, it's such a it's such a fine line because like on one hand i look at fortnite and i'm like god damn fortnite is still the shining pinnacle of a live service game Right, like right, it really is. Like, like the the a the content in that game is good. They continuously updated it, plays smoothly. It's cross platform. All of this stuff. Like B, they they obviously started the battle pass, and a lot of people now, especially people who are used to the traditional, here's my sixty dollars, give me my game, please. They really hate the battle pass system, right? 
Um, and I, I, I don't blame them. And it's arguably because like a lot of these companies are doing it so much worse than Fortnite did, right? Like Fortnite, oh, yeah. you know, it gives you currency in it. The, like the content in the battle pass itself is good and cool, right? Like they had fucking Darth Vader as a skin, right? Like who doesn't want Darth <laughs> right. Vader as your skin at the end of your Fortnite battle pass, right? Like, and then also then the, the the act of doing it is enjoyable right like they have an entire like season story and every week is like these new quests specific like they take you to a different part of the map so you experience something else right and then you yeah. have a game like Overwatch oh oh and then sorry uh and then more importantly you can complete the Fortnite battle pass the season pass extremely <laughs> yes. quickly right like it is it it is way easier to complete that than it is to complete you know, season passes and other games. And, and so I feel like that's where like a, yeah, totally. a lot of that comes in, especially you were talking about like monopolizing your time, right? Like I feel like a lot of these live service games with these season passes that are trying to, you know, introduce this film that you're talking about. Yeah. They're, they do it. And it's just, it takes too long, right? Like it's so, it, it is, it is very difficult to do more than one live service game at a time as an adult and actually complete the entire season or whatever in it. Right. And yeah, I feel like it's just because so many places do it wrong, I guess. I don't know. They're, they're not Fortnite. Go do the Fortnite thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know. It's like, I, I kind of get it because I, I feel like a lot of games, like it's not necessarily just a monetization thing. Like part of me feels my cynical side of me. is like, okay, a lot of these games are, being built this way as a live service game to make sure that you are you are like in there as much as you possibly can be so that you're more likely to spend money on stuff right and like that's just like the sure unfortunate reality of like the marketing side of it and i think about like you know sometimes i think about like destiny like i love destiny 2 for a lot of reasons but also like i've had a lot of complaints about you know that kind of design in the game and stuff over mm -hmm. the years and like you said like fortnite is like fortnite has those elements but then like there have been times where like, you know, Gabby and I will be like, oh, you know, we haven't checked out Fortnite in a few months. Let's spin it up and we'll, you know, we'll get back into it for like a couple weeks, like right at the end of the season. And we'll still have time to do the whole battle pass, you know, do all the stuff. Yeah, and so it's crazy. But, you know, on the flip side of that, I do feel like it, the non-cynical side of me is like, well, you know, these people want to build these live service games so that they're just like these expansive worlds that you can inhabit so that you you want to be in them as much as possible. But I think like, I think that's where the line is, right? It's like providing an experience that is good enough that the player wants to be logged into that live service all the time versus a, a experience where they feel like they have to, otherwise they're missing mm -hmm. out on yeah, and, you know, components of you the know, game. Some people would say, Oh, that's the developer versus publisher line, right? Like the, the developer is oh, right, building right. this world because they want you to do the experiences all in, and the publisher is the one who wants you to actually like solely commit to their mm -hmm. things. So you're more likely to spend money there, right? I mean, like an excellent example of what you're talking about of like they're doing it is you know I I, I played Diablo Immortal when it came out and like thoroughly enjoyed yeah. the game, truly did. But that game is fucking awful at respecting your time, and it is <laughs> yeah, a perfect right. example <laughs> of like yeah we're we're trying to introduce like. That battle pass is bullshit. We're talking about how like Fortnite seasons passes are so <laughs> great and you can easily complete them all. Like Diablo Immortals has more levels than it does days of the fucking thing. And they have like a <laughs> double point thing every day. But even if you do it, it doesn't give you enough things for an entire level 
it is the most heinous bullshit <laughs> battle pass there goddamn is. And that's a, such an excellent <laughs> example of like, they do all of these things to try and get you to keep playing, keep coming back every day and play the game every day. Um, and it's just, yeah, no, I mean, I, I've stopped playing at this point because like I got to the point where like, okay, I've had, I've had my fun with this, right? Like I, I've done what I wanted to do yeah, in Diablo yeah. Immortal and I had my fun with it. Right. And so I'm going to set this down and go do something else. I'm curious, you were talking about, you know, you texted me, you were like, oh, you love fighting games. Um, have you, have you played multiverses by chance? I actually have not played multiverses yet. Like I, so I love fighting games. Like I've been playing this. It's probably like one of the oldest genres of games that I've ever been aware of. I, I used to, when I was like a little, little kid, I remember I used to play like the original Mortal Kombat on my uncle's Sega Genesis and he would do the cheat code to turn off the blood so that I wouldn't get like <laughs> traumatized by the pixel <laughs> yeah, yeah. gore. What, you um, didn't want the brutality, you know, I, I, fatality to scar your child for life? Yeah, like, see, see, now, yeah, now, now I couldn't live without it. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. I haven't tried Multiversus yet, but I, I have been very interested to see, like, the ways in which fighting games have adapted to this kind of, like, live service thing. Like, for me, one of the biggest games that I've played, probably, I, I would say, I haven't, like, looked. I don't know if there's a way to look at the stats, actually, for PlayStation, but I'm going to guess like far and away my most played PS4 game uh, from the last gen was Mortal Kombat 11. Like I played mm-hmm. so much Mortal Kombat 11 and lot. it definitely has like, <laughs> yeah, James knows lots of calls of just him hearing me in the background. Just like, <laughs> brutality. Um, and that game is interesting because it has those elements like on the online component. Um, and so like, and some of that stuff kind of felt like, you know, it wasn't, great about respecting your time sort of like we've been talking about but it's like weird with fighting games because there's sort of like a fusion between what you were talking about before you know where it's like you play halo and it's like even if there are elements of the game that doesn't respect your time at the end of the day like you can still just jump in and play like a match you know and just do like a 10 minute match and fighting games are like that yeah. to an even more granular level because it's like you jump in you play for like a four minute match and then you can just stop there if you want so so yeah i don't know like it's just interesting to see that how fighting games are kind of evolving with that. But no, I haven't, I haven't tried out multiverses to, to go back to what you were so saying. I, I'm curious. So the, the reason I ask is because, you know, I was browsing uh, the multiverses subreddit today because they just had a new character come out today. Mm-hmm. They announced their Halloween event mm-hmm. and it is kind of an insane, a, their skins are very expensive, right? Like they have like $20 yeah, equivalent yeah. skins, which I agree is absolutely utterly ridiculous. Um, but my response to that, those people are, yeah, well, the game is free. And I realized, and then those, you know, those people would be like, okay, yeah, but I'd rather pay $60 and then the skin not be $20. Right. And I'm like, okay, no, I, I, I get you. I agree with you even, but I also realized that if this game costs $60, the game would be dead. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. we've it, talked about that on this podcast is, previously. <laughs> yeah, it, I I think it's a fact of fucking life at this point, right? Like, yeah. oh, there's just too is, many. Yeah. There's too many games, and so it's really hard for people to commit to spending sixty dollars on a game that you know they maybe aren't going to play for however long. And so you know, we talked. You know, last week, James, we talked about the dollar an hour thing, right? Yeah. And so, like, free to play games solve the dollar dollar an hour dilemma. And so I'm curious, Jacob, playing Mortal Kombat 11, you know, like I think the reason multiverses needs to be free to play is because it needs a big enough player base to sustain 
good matchmaking at all tiers of skill, right? Like, and actually, it's kind of funny because, like, you know, Packy and I have a couple of characters that, like, our MMR on them is like, it's at the really crazy part, right? And then we go play some other characters where our MMR is terrible and we right, play really right. bad people. And I'm like, this is great. And more importantly, it's great because it shows the game is healthy, right? Like it has mm-hmm. that entire range of like skill-based yeah. players. Do you think Mortal Kombat 11 is that way? Because my experience with paid fighting games, no matter what it is, every paid fighting game I've ever played online is it is only good people. Only good people play fighting games online is my experience. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I think there's a, there's a lot of the a lot of stuff there that you said that is like definitely valid. Like, I think there's not been a lot of like to my to my knowledge or like what I can think of. There's not been a lot of like more I'll say like traditional fighting games. You know, the classic style of like either 3D or 2D, but just like the one on one fighting kind of fighting games. I, I can't really think yeah. of many that have tried the free to play model and. I, I would guess that that's partially just because, you know, even though the fighting game genre is like alive and well, it's definitely like, you know, nowhere near the mass appeal of a lot it's, of other it's genres. Not even, yeah. Right. right. Even or what even it like, was back know, in the day. Super Smash. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like the golden age of the, the older consoles. Like the only one I can it, think of, by the way, is Killer Instinct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, totally. That's actually I, um, I and actually I'm not even 100 percent sure it's free to play, but I'm like 99 percent sure it's free to play um yeah it is well it's definitely on game pass as as far as i know so there's that at least but so yeah yeah, i think game pass also solves that problem (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead continue yeah no it's it's kind of like it's hard to say like whether or not the the player base is like wide or not because i think like i don't want to i don't want to toot my own horn or anything but you know i'm pretty good at mortal kombat pretty good yeah you you, you don't know if the bads exist because you don't play that well, so like they definitely existed when it came out, right? Like when I played it, like it was very popular. Yeah, lots yeah. of lots of like player range and stuff. But in terms of like longevity, that that's what I don't know because for me, like with Mortal Kombat being an example, like I I stayed pretty avid with that. So by the time I think the player base like contracted, it's harder for me to say whether or not you know there were still like a lot of newer players. But I definitely think like with paid fighting games, like there's a huge drop off because you know one of the ones that I picked up kind of later on uh, was Tekken 7. Like, I got into that, like, pretty late in the game's life cycle. And, uh, you know, Tekken already has a reputation for being, like, super technical, you know, pretty hard to get into. But, like, when I got into it, like, the amount of players that were new or not good was way lower. (laughs) So I had the trouble of just getting, like, absolutely smashed in almost every match online for a long time. So, yeah, I think, like... I don't know. That's that's an interesting one. Like, I I would love to see a fighting game try the more free to play model because I think you know it would definitely open the player base up a bit. But then, yeah, I wonder if I cannot think of one besides Killer Instinct. And Killer Instinct also, I think, is not cross platform, obviously, right? And so it 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 extra needs everything it can to have a player base, right? Because like you know not not being cross platform and being a, you know being a paid thing would be really hard to do which um yeah i was going to say you know you know you know you mentioned game pass and i think there's a lot, i think that is also like a, a decent way to combat that problem too in terms of like cuz it's not even just like having the full range of skill um you, you know when you do it but it's also like having good connections, having reasonable matchmaking times, not having to wait a minute for a match, being able to get in in 10 seconds yeah. and your connection is good, right? Like all that stuff. Um, 
But no, I do think Game Pass helps with that. I still don't think it solves it because I, I go back to, you, you mentioned Tekken 7. I believe Tekken 7 was on Game Pass at one point, and then I tried it, and I'm pretty sure I played online and I got stomped. And <laughs> right. Soul Calibur also, I think Soul Calibur, whatever the current one is, was on Game Pass at one point. Packy and I actually played that a lot with each other. Um, and yeah, no, we would, you know, we, we played a, once, once we played with each other for a very long time, just one-on-ones, uh, we would, we started to play online a little bit and like, yeah, it was still just like, oh my God, only good (laughs) people play that fucking game, right? Like you, you go into a thing and you know, they do like the super duper pirate combo thing where you like, you, I don't, I don't know. Sorry. (laughs) You just get like carried uh, out of the stage, ringed out immediately. Yeah, totally. Like. I actually picked up Soul Calibur <laughs> 6, which is the most current one. I picked it up rather recently. I usually play my fighting games on the PS, uh, PlayStation, my PS4, PS5, for whatever reason. I think like they tend to hold a community a bit longer than some of the other platforms. Not sure why, but um, so I picked up Soul Calibur 6 like not too long ago, just because I was, was wanting some, you know, just Soul Calibur action. Because uh, I've been, you know, a fan of the series for a long time. I, I love six. Kind of I love Soul Calibur six for sure. Yeah, no, it's a great game. But like you said, like the the community is just like the player base is so much smaller now that you are really, especially if you're just queuing into like the the general matchmaking systems, like you're really only getting like people that have been playing it or like love to play it pretty often. And yeah. a lot of the discussion I've seen online around games like that is like, well, you know, you can play with people who are learning but you just need to join these discords and join, you know, like custom matches and stuff. And like specifically, yeah, connect with people. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. And I, I don't, like, I don't like, want to go to a discord that, to find a game. I don't want to go to looking right. for group to find a game. I want to click yeah, the button it's like, and I want it to work. It's like, like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's cool. That that's there. Like, I appreciate that the community like has that aspect. And I certainly like that, you know, that like, there's a place online where you can go and be like, Hey, I'm interested in this game. Talk to other people who are interested in it. But I think that can only really be like a nice additional component of a community. Like you can't, you can't depend on that for like the games player based, of course. Cause like you said, like most people don't have time for that. Like they just want to hit the button and play the game and also maybe not get absolutely stomped into the dirt. Like every single time they play a match. (laughs) Well, and you know, and, (laughs) I think obviously, therefore, that's why crossplay is like I'm so grateful. Crossplay is more yeah, common now. Yeah. Um, you know, fuck that PC crossplay, but I'll you know give me my console crossplay, and and that's that's pretty excellent. Um, Which, like again, like credit to Fortnite because I feel like Fortnite is like a huge driver behind the explosion of crossplay. Like they just it, they've done yeah. so much right. Like honestly, what a great game! Like what an iconic game. Yeah, no, it's all, all these people complaining about, you know, all these free to play games, whether it be multiverses or Overwatch 2, which I mean, Overwatch 2 is another <laughs> this one is uh, this one's particularly funny because Overwatch was paid. And right. so then you have the people who paid it and then Overwatch 2 comes out. <laughs> and if you had already paid for Overwatch, Overwatch 2 is just subjectively <laughs> worse, like in terms of like. Uh, in terms of unlocking things and monetization, right? Like, because yeah. the the benefit of this, again, is the game... Actually, the only benefit to it for people who had already paid for it is now they, again, have more people to play against, right? But, like, exactly. those people paid the money already and they're just now getting this objectively worse experience, basically. And I feel for them. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I'm glad I didn't have to pay money for Overwatch, and I don't really give a shit if I can't unlock skins, because it's a first-person game anyways. Why do people <laughs> care about skins in first-person games? I do not understand it. I will never understand it. This is why 343 was really stupid to rely on this to fund Halo Infinite development, because it's a first-person game. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like, I, I do it's, not no, no. understand it's, cosmetics in first person games it's like, even worse I, in overwatch 2 because at least like the ideal would be that you know you can get the skins for like your guns or whatever right because then you can see it or you get different assassinations and you know the classic halo style and in overwatch i played more of the first one i haven't played the second one but like the different skins would have different weapons and sometimes even like completely different effects for like your your ult or right. whatever um, I remember specifically the what was it yeah. Hanzo? He had like a like for his like wolf one. It was like wolves that came yeah, out of yeah. the ult instead of dragons or whatever, which is like super cool to see when you get to have for it. For sure. But from yeah. what I've seen of Overwatch 2, a lot of the skins do not change the weapons or effects or anything. So it's even the, more insult the, to injury. So where not only do you not look different, charms, none of it's but... different. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's well, stupid. Like I I don't understand it. Like Fortnite. Going back to that, like you can be fucking Darth Vader, and you're looking at fucking Darth Vader the entire yeah, you see him game. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, no, it's sorry. funny that you bring up Overwatch because I I was like the biggest Overwatch one fan for such a long time. Like, yeah, I got into that a game lot like around the time it launched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like honestly though, like the probably some of the most fun I've ever had in gaming. Like mm-hmm. the the first like. First, like, I don't know, like, six, seven months of that game being out, like, just pure joy. Like, it was just the thing I most went back to and played, and, like, it was great. And I think, I mean, it's, like... It's a good game. Like, it, it really yeah, is like, it's a cool. good yeah. game. But I think, like, the development and, like, you know, overall, like, balancing of that game and just, like, its, its course over its lifespan, and now the segue into Overwatch 2 is, like, such a uniquely Blizzard, just, like, fuck up kind of situation where it's just like what again man, it's, yeah like, it's it's the perfect like half the shit's great and half the shit is busted and it's just like you know yeah, the classic like, like two I, steps forward one step backward type thing right like yeah and and like you mentioned this earlier like you mentioned like a lot of people kind of have this sense of like maybe there's like a you know a delineation between like the developers and like the marketing side of like the publisher the marketing side of game development and stuff like that and i think I think that's definitely true. Like, that's the sense I get, right? Is like, you, if you play the game, like, the core of Overwatch is just a fun game. Like, the characters yeah, it's like, good. all play well. Like, it's really fun. But then, like, all the stuff on top of it about the experience of playing it, it's just like, who is making these decisions? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I, yeah, like, I'm curious, Jacob, I, have you watched Mythic Quest? I have not. I need oh, to. I, it's like, it's I, been on my list forever. It's good. I just, I, I was just laughing and thinking of it because, I mean, like, the character Danny Pudi, who's Abed from Community Plates, he's he's like the monetization yeah. guy for the studio. And I mean, yeah, no, it's it's literally that. Like he's <laughs> he's just like this awful fucking person who's just like completely soulless and just trying to you know like put all these like you know ways to make money and milk players into the game. Yeah, and yeah. the rest of the people are just like fuck you, Brad. We just want to make the game. And I just I love it. It's such a good show. The biggest the biggest like example of that to me. And James knows because like we we have ranted about this to each other like so many times like is cyberpunk like I swear dude when that game came out I was like I felt so bad for the developers because I was like you know that they have slaved over like putting the systems and stuff together for this game 
And eventually, like the publishing marketing side of CD Projekt Red was like, like, fuck it, we're shipping it, like, send it out the door, it's going to sell like crazy, it's already sold pre-orders, like, it doesn't matter, we'll fix it later. And it's like, I just felt so bad for them, because like, you could you could see when the game came out that if it had just more time in the oven, it could have been like, just great from the beginning. And, and then it instead. got it, it yeah. got its more time in the oven, and now it's in a, right, it's in right. a pretty good state. I haven't mean to play it actually. I, I own it. I bought a disc of it for like ten dollars. It's one of the very few <laughs> discs I own and yeah, I should I should go fucking play that game. Jeez. I think like I had so much fun playing it when it came out, but it was also like just unacceptable. Like I played it on launch and like I think in the like couple weeks that I played that game, there were more glitches per like just gaming session for that game than I've ever had in the rest of my time playing games combined. Like, I mean, I'm talking like hundreds. Were they, were they fun thousands. glitches or were they shitty glitches? <laughs> I don't know. Like some of them were fun. And you know, it's funny cause that game had like such a spread of experiences. Like I played it on PC and I had probably, like I said, like I would say thousands of glitch experiences. And, and for the majority of them, it was just like, like kind of stupid stuff where it's like, Oh, you know, this, this whole section of traffic's not loading or like, Oh, the, police officer that's trying to apprehend me just spawned on top of my head and like fell in front of me and it's like oh that's kind of you know whatever that's kind of innocuous and then like there's completely game breaking stuff that happened or like you know you lose progress and things like that but my experience was like not even close to the worst like james played it on the ps4 and it was like borderline unplayable i played it on the ps4 (laughs) and i've played it on the series x and i did not enjoy it either way (laughs) <laughs> i do Which not is that, that's, that's game. the most hyped oh no i you don't I, understand I mean, how excited it was i bought like i because i love cyberpunk as like a genre and like cedar project red obviously like i love witcher 3 i've played all of witcher 3 i've done both dlcs love it um i had like the art books that came out before the game's release i was oh, wow. like super ready and yeah disappointed both times <laughs> so you it's know it's all right. really sad it's like, my quote for that game when I played it was like, I love this, but it's also unacceptable. Like that was my kind of like sum it up. And like, I just felt bad. Cause like, I just, I had this image in my head the whole time of like the developers who like poured their heart and soul into it, who just like, you know, they worked so hard to realize this vision and they were, they were getting there. Like they were almost there and, you know, relatively yeah. almost there. And then, and then they were forced to put it out and then they just all they had all they could do was like sit and just look at you know twitter all day and just see like the constant stream of people being like man this game sucks like what are you yeah, thinking make it's gotta be it's tough like, man <laughs> oh, and that that yeah. that makes me think of the the exact opposite of that which is um i remember the first god of war game when it came out obviously it was so well received and then there's this you know video that made the the rounds of the game director just like reading the reviews and breaking down into tears because of, you know, how, like, you know, how grateful he was and, you know, everything for like the, the excellent reviews. And so that's like the exact opposite of like, yeah, the people doing <laughs> yeah. the, you know, doing exactly what he was doing, sitting there reading through the reviews and it's just getting panned over and over again. And yeah, no, that's gotta be heartbreaking in the other direction, right? Like he was crying because they were tears of joy, right? Like and you know, those cyberpunk developers were probably crying tears of sadness. Right. And it's like <laughs> in Cyberpunk's case, like I think you could do a whole nother episode of the podcast on this, right? Like there's a whole aspect of like crunch in the industry you could talk about. But like for Cyberpunk, they had documented like 
it was known, right, that they were crunching, they were working overtime. Like these people were like really hitting the grindstone to get this game out. And then it kind of felt like they had the rug pulled out from under them. Like, cause you know, we know that like the team is capable of making great games. Like The Witcher 3, it had its own smaller set of problems at launch and stuff, but like it's a great game. And I think Cyberpunk underneath all of the stuff that happened and all of the like half baked systems and stuff, like I think at its core, it was good. Like it just, you know, it just didn't have all the time in the oven that it needed. And yeah. I don't know. I think that like, that's an interesting aspect of like modern games is like, it's such a big industry now that there's such a like disconnect between competition and, and urgency right. to get, get the thing out. Right. So I, I, I feel that, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to play cyberpunk despite, um, I, I'm a monster and, I've tried Witcher three twice and I didn't like it either time. That's fine. And we won't get, we won't get into that. Um, because I, I appreciate (laughs) the fact that I am objectively wrong in this. Um, but I, I, I don't think CD project me personally, I, I, I'm not like, Oh, they're the best developer ever. And they make these great games, but I'm still excited to try cyberpunk because it still does look good. And so I'm hoping it it is good. But then James, you said then you know you've got me worried. And so hey, I, know, we'll see. I can be very particular with the games I like. So I don't know. I feel like I have a pretty level opinion on things. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, Jake, just, it's no, funny. It's Packy's just, yeah. not here for this because Packy is the king of. I will play a game for five minutes and I will uninstall it. Like, <laughs> no, I do that all the time. I do that all the time. Packy, <laughs> on his, he, he is the fastest fucking uninstall in the West, right? I like, 100% <laughs> understand that. I mostly only do that with things that, like, usually Game Pass, because then it's, like, quote-unquote free, so I don't have, like, the exactly, financial yeah. responsibility to play at least a little bit. But if you look at my Steam library, last week I went through that for you guys, like at least rough like numbers. A lot of those games have two hours of playtime, and that's it. <laughs> so Versus Two hours is a lot for Packy. Like. No, I know. I, that's because I had to buy all of those. If you look at my Xbox well, one, it's, ah, it'll be less. True, yeah. <laughs> I think you oftentimes, too, like you, you are a quick uninstall, but like you also, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Like, a lot of times my experience of hearing you like go through that is because like you'll install something and then it just like it just will not fucking work on your computer. <laughs> it's like, like freaking very hell it well loose. Greg, I don't know if you know what oh, hell it <laughs> loose is. It's a a vaguely like Milsim light World War Two game. And the first time I tried it with Jacob, because he and his fraternity brothers were super excited to play it when it got like one of its big updates last year, the year before, I was still using my previous computer, I think um and or maybe it was this His computer i don't remember fisher price computer yeah no, no, it was your fisher price computer. and i had it glitch out <laughs> so bad i would we i have no idea like exactly what it did the menu i don't remember it like broke into like a black screen and like melted itself it just and like... <laughs> i have never seen a game's ui turn into like putty oh, but that's basically what God. it did it was like, i don't it was like the game couldn't detect like something. I don't know what it was like. His the resolution got super broken, and yeah, it was broken it was... so badly that he could not <laughs> reset it in any way. Like outside of maybe going into like the I and I files. Yeah, and, like, I would have had to like. So he was just like basically like rewrite the game if I was going to get it to work for whatever. And I don't know why it did it. And that wasn't a bad computer. It was a decent computer, and it just didn't work. And we've played yeah, it since on this non Fisher Price computer, and it's been gaming. fine, but. 
yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, I, that's like, yeah, like you said, like he got a new computer recently, and then we started playing it again, like a couple months. Back. And it's fine. It, it was fine. Like it worked. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I mean, one of my one of my old computers, um, it had this janky fucking bug where it was a particular pair of headphones. They were USB headphones. <laughs> So it wasn't just like I raw three and a half millimeter I output. I feel this spiritually. <laughs> like it was, it was. I couldn't play. I maybe it was maybe the the maybe it was everything. I think it was like I think actually just like my, the computer just randomly crashed when those headphones were in. But then it was made worse playing Heroes of the Storm. Right, so like I'd be playing Heroes of the Storm. Like and if I was using those <laughs> headphones, like. It, it it would crash like every other game and like just the entire computer. Yeah, it's just like this so is fucking stupid. ridiculous. And like I have those headphones. I've used them on this computer. It doesn't crash the fucking computer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't so make any fact, sense. Like you said, like that is like the core of like the the dichotomy of like the ease of console gaming versus the complexity of PC gaming. Like you, like you said before, like so many people try to reduce it, and they're like, no, if you just you know, do you take the time to to look up what you're doing like it's super easy but like i like i have a head set of headphones that i use usually when i play on the computer and if i don't like if i wait too long between talking it will just stop transmitting my audio and i'll go into the window settings and it's still picking up that audio is coming through but it will just I think not send james the audio had across, that like, problem with one of our podcasts yeah i think i had that problem had that consistently problem. with like this decent ish logitech headset like we'll be playing like even phasmo or headset, anything yeah. else yeah it's the same one jacob has like we'll be playing phasmo which has like voice recognition like the pickup and everything and everything oh, is cool. adamant that it is like receiving audio and transmitting and then it's just not working. And I'm like, all right, I don't know where the mix up is. Yeah. Oh Speaking my of, God. Have, you, have you never played Phasmophobia? Greg? Oh, you, you got to play. Phasmophobia? I don't think I have. It's so good. I have not. You should, yeah. you, we should play together on steam sometime. We it really is, should. What is it? What is it, it is, like? It's four so player it's ghost hunting. Ghost, yeah. It's a ghost hunting oh, simulator. Yeah. And it's like, it's really cool because the game has built in voice recognition. Like James was saying. So you'll go into a house and, like, the whole idea is, like, you go into the house, right, and you're trying to identify the ghost type. Like, your goal is to go in, gather three pieces of evidence, because every ghost type has, you know, three associated pieces of evidence associated with it. Like, maybe maybe this one makes the, you know, temperature go down, so you pick it up on your thermometer. Or, like, okay, maybe yeah. this one talks on the spirit box or whatever. But it has so much cool stuff in it because it, it recognizes your voice. So one of the ways that you interact with the game is, like, you go in. And they'll tell you, like, oh, this ghost name is, like, Evan Johnson. And so you have to go in and say, like, Evan Johnson, are you with us? Oh. Evan oh. Johnson. And it's Like, it's the wild. spirit box, I mean, it's, like, a simple version of works. Because it, like, obviously just picks up in, a, like, a few key phrases. But the spirit box works. Like, if you've ever watched any, you know, pop ghost hunting show, like Ghost Adventures, for example, and they do the spirit box, they're like, how old are you? And then the spirit box says something back. Like, it, it does that. And it's... It's it's great. I love that game so much. Sounds cool. Super cool game. And it was like originally like the core concept of it and stuff. Like it has a bigger team now, but it was made by just like one guy. Yeah. And I mean, it was super and, janky yeah, for a while. I, was, and it's I love those come stories. a long way for sure. Yeah. They just had a huge update come out, which we haven't actually tried yet, but um, very good game for what it is. Did either of you all get into the like a mugu phase <laughs> sorry i i'm gonna speak real english the among us phase we played <laughs> we played for a little <laughs> bit when it like got popular yeah 
you, you, what, you, you don't you don't call things a mugu and vuju games and vidjas and looty shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't speak in broken like English bogus. in your lives. I always see people call it like a mogus, a mogus. Whatever, like on <laughs> Twitch and stuff. Yeah, it's like I, I never understand like why it's short for that. But yeah. Yeah, we did play a good bit though. Like for when it was like, you know, the thing to do and during the yeah. pandemic and stuff. Yeah, no, it definitely like and that's I think the, obviously the pandemic really helped. It was a good way for people to to reconnect. And you know, Jacob, I don't know if I've mentioned this explicitly on the podcast, but I've definitely mentioned it to James and Packy. I mean one of the reasons I love doing this is because like, you know, we, we do it on a schedule, right? Like it's, it's every week, same time. It's, it's a set time and Packy bailed on us today, but that's okay. Cause you were here to, <laughs> here to, you know, fill his shoes. Um, and then some Packy, that's right. That's right. And then some, yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> um, yeah. but no, I just, I just love it because it's like, it's something I can look forward to in terms of like, Oh, hey, this is this is a scheduled thing that happens, and it's just a good a good chance to like talk to friends and stuff. And I feel like that's where like Among Us shined as well. Like, at least with the people yeah, I played yeah. with, it was it was yeah, it was it was the Friday, right? Like it was in the middle of the pandemic, and so like you could look forward to Friday night rolls along, and you you can play some Amugu with people. Um, and and so that was kind of nice. I feel like it really like benefited in popularity because of the pandemic. Um, and obviously it's nice anyways because like you know I. All of my older friends, right? Like, I don't live near any of my older friends um, that I normally right. play games with. And so, you know, like, arguably, like, we could still do the same thing. But, you know, I, I love that, like, which is like, WoW Raid Nights is kind of the same way. I kind of like WoW Raid yeah, Nights because yeah. I, I know it's like, it's this time, it's this day of the week, this time. And so, like, it's something to look forward to in terms of, like, interacting with other people and, and playing games or, talk, in this case, talking about games with, with friends. And so, I really like it. But the reason I ask is because apparently, um, I'm guessing neither of you have heard of it or played it, but uh, this game called Evil just oh, came saw, to Game Pass. Yeah, I yeah. saw it on a Steam, and so I'm I'm interested to play it. It's it, it looks just like you know Among Us, Salem Witch Trials, uh, you know any you know standard social deception game, um, and you know yeah, if it's on Game Pass. I'll I'll give it a go. Yeah, um, I'd never I, check that out. Did, did, when when you guys play, did you all ever play online with with random people, or did you always play with a group <laughs> yeah, of people? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we would let them fill in. <laughs> See, I I think I might Which, try that with with Evil because I you know it says like I think two to twelve people or whatever, and like I'm sure obviously it's like probably eight to twelve is where it shines, and like it, like we're talking about actually you know you know I think actually the last time I had a big group gaming night of like more than six people was among us really? it was yeah. it was among us during the pandemic actually yeah that that was definitely like yeah with friends it was definitely among us in discord during the pandemic that that was that was it um and i know i i won't be able to recreate that with evil so i'll, I'll yeah, I'm probably right? like try to just play it, with randos <laughs> it's like it's always hard to like because like sorry i'm trying to collect my thoughts here it's like when Among Us came out, it also kind of kicked off this wave of like social deception games, like you said. Um, and, yeah, and it was I mean, funny Fortnite copied Among it, Us, right? Which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then Fortnite had it, and then James and I played this game called Unfortunate Spacemen. Yeah, which was basically the same concept as Among Us, just 3D, like first-person shooter. 
And it was that kind of thing where it was like, it didn't have near the mass appeal. So we couldn't quite get, you know, enough friends to really fill it out. So when we played that, it was like James and I, and then just a bunch of random people. That and one, it was like, in a way that was fun too. That one also like, so Among Us is like relatively simple in mechanics, right? I mean, obviously because of this, like the visual style, it's very simple, but just like mechanically, it's very simple too. Unfortunate Spaceman or Spaceman was like, we didn't figure it out. We played like maybe two or three matches and we could not figure it out because there was so much complexity, but everybody we were playing with seemed to know what they were doing. And so we were just like, what is going on? <laughs> we have no idea what's happening. Well, I, I yeah, find that that's like, you said that too. Go ahead, J- Jacob. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I think the chaos of situations like that it's is so fun. fun. It's yeah, so entertaining. Of our memorable experiences is just like being dropped into something like that where it's, you know, a social game, but I have no idea what the hell is happening. And it's just like, well, it's, it's oh, fun that's, when that's everyone's fun learning at the same time too, right? Like when no one knows <laughs> yeah. what the fuck they're doing, right? Like that's always really fun. Um, but James, I, I think that point you made though, of like among us is really simple is, is a really good point. And like, you know, talking about, like we were talking about free to play games earlier and like, I, you know, among us, obviously like it was free on phones. And so yeah. the reason I was able to play Among Us with six or eight friends or whatever is because A, it was free to play and B, it was simple. And so people who didn't traditionally play games with us, they would hop in and then they they would play Among Us Mm -hmm. with us. And so it was was an excellent, like, you know, I, I guess a casual game that like, you know, kind of like, you know, was 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 very opening, very inviting, like very accessible. That's the word. Very accessible and easy yeah. to pick up. Although no, Susie would disagree great. with me because she was like, I hate lying. And so it's not accessible <laughs> if you hate lying. Right. But like, no, it, uh, other than that, it is. It makes you think of like the Jackbox party games where like, yeah, you have to buy gonna, in for like one person. Right. But beyond that, everybody has a phone, despite what, you know, Blizzard tried to tried to find out with that stuff. <laughs> Don't um, you have phones? But like everybody right. has they a phone. Right. Everyone has and, a phone. It's super easy to pick up and it's 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 fun, you know, in its own. Like me and I remember me and Jacob when we lived together at least one of the times. I think it was at the maybe at the Maxwell house, maybe at the <laughs> yeah. other one. We played it a couple yeah. times. It was the Maxwell one because you we were making Mason memes. Um but yeah, it <laughs> right. uh you know, you have to buy in a little bit more than something like the the free to play like um Among Us, but it's one person, it's one, one person. console, exactly, basically right? one license yeah. you have to get, and then and beyond you don't, that you don't even need controllers. Yeah, yeah you, you don't, don't need it's literally phones and you don't even necessarily have to be in like the same space because you just put in like the room code, I think. And like, that'll, you know, you can be like doing whatever. We, we have um, definitely tried, we've done, you know, internet, uh, Jackbox nights. Yeah. They work. They don't work as they don't well work as well as in person. Yeah, obviously, we, we only right? did it like, like in person. And I think that's part of it too, obviously is that it's meant to be a party game. So like being in person helps with like, just being able to laugh about the stupid shit you make. Um, but right. still, I mean, I've played, I, I going into what you were talking about of just like it being casual and accessible and anybody can play. Like I played that shit with my parents. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and not only that, <laughs> here's actually what's even crazier, right? I played it with my parents and my family. And then my parents had such a good time playing it that, uh, I had made their, they have an Xbox at home and I actually got it for them. It's just kind of like, you know, back in the day when Microsoft was really doing the all in one media yeah, console, the media. right? Like it's, yep. Well, I mean, it was because it was it's a it's just like a crappy one S. Right. But Mm -hmm. like it, you know, it was if you wanted a 4K Blu-ray player, um, 
the one S well, was one of the cheapest it's 4K like the Blu-ray PlayStation players. 3. You could buy. That's why it was successful because it was a cheap <laughs> yeah. Blu-ray player. Or even, or yeah, yeah, even like the PS2 to take it back further. Like that the was like the cheapest DVD player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so you know, like there was one Christmas I got my parents uh, an Xbox One S because I was like, you know, okay, you're gonna route, you know, you're gonna route your TV through here. So if you're if you're watching TV, you're gonna be watching it here. If you're watching Netflix, you're gonna be watching it here. If you're watching a DVD, you're going to be watching, you know, like it was one input, right? Which was Microsoft's pitch. And so like, honestly, like that's one of the reasons I got from my parents. Anyways, that's why my parents have a 1S at their house. Uh, But so, you know, you know, one point was over there, you know, playing Jackbox, all this stuff, yada, yada, yada. I I set it as my home Xbox and they actually, uh, they played Jackbox Party Pack with just like their old people friends. (laughs) <laughs> they would just have old people friends over and play Jackbox Party Pack. And I just thought that was awesome. And like, that's yeah, probably that's awesome. the only time they took advantage of it being my home Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually took it back and, you know, gay or, you know, I'm loaning out a 1X to to some friends here. And so I took it back for that so that so they can play those games. But, you know, like, I, I feel like there's I love that casual, accessible thing that like, People who don't traditionally play games can still pick up and enjoy and, and have a good yeah, time. And that's for sure. Really awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, uh, it's been a, about an hour and a half. Jacob, we I a lot. really we appreciate a lot you. <laughs> we did. And uh, we, could, we could continue going, but I am already backed up on editing. And so I don't want to be <laughs> right. backed up on editing more. <laughs> um, but it was very nice for you to pop in, Jacob, and I'd love for you to return if you would mm-hmm. if you would mm-hmm. like to return. And yeah, you know, it was fun. To. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, this is great. It's good talking to you, Greg, and like good to get on and just like have nice conversations about stuff, like you said. And uh, anytime, anytime you're looking for someone to be on the cast, just hit me up. I'm I'm always around. So, oh, yeah. no, I'm totally about it. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yeah. See, See you, everyone.